This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Wednesday. It is the Bostonian versus the book. What's up, Sports Grid? What's up, Twitter? What's up, YouTube? Dave Sherapen, Matt Peralta, back with you each and every weekday, one o'clock Eastern time for the live show replay after the Pat McAfee show on Sports Grid at Boston versus the book on Twitter. And boy, if you guys could be with us in our pre-show conversations, we learned some interesting stuff about each other before the show starts. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. What is up, my friend? How are you on a Wednesday? Uh, I'm good. I it's it's good to know that you're definitely not following me on Twitter. You don't read any of the stories about me, anything like that, because if you just finding all this stuff out now, pre-show, the story's been out for over a year. But that's okay. Wait it's a minute. Fine. Whoa, 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 what? whoa, whoa, whoa. Two whoa, whoa. questions for you. Hold on. The second that you you claim that I'm not following you on Twitter. I'm muted. I'm hundred percent. I sent muted. you not my paid any screenshot. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not my look, it's you not my it. fault. The algorithm pushes you down because you tweet so much so it pushes you down you and then took- i see you when you tag me on my on your pictures nobody tweets more than you stop that's true that bullshit that There's is nobody true. nobody tweets more than but you. you never retweet my stuff and i'll complain to you on the air about it i'm not complaining at all yes, you just- are you, tw- you you texted me about it and you complained about it it's because like- you asked me redundant questions because you're not listening to the show or so you're I'm not following to- me on twitter what, so i'm supposed to be Locked to yes. every story you tell. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't start that. Where Anyhow, is I need two Jess's questions help for this. you. One, what yes. are you wearing on your shirt? Two, why are you wearing your hat backwards? Because I want to. Okay. Choosing. What is the logo on the hat? The logo on the hat is the Bruins logo. You've are, seen we talk, this happen. are we talking seen about? The- are we talking about the Bruins today? Oh, I just like the hat today. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Just do it. I just, do it. I, do it I needed to know because I read the rundown and I didn't see Bruins on there. Yeah, and I was like, wait no a second. I'm the Bostonian. I can wear Bruins stuff when I'm the Bostonian. I'm allowed to. Fair. We talking about the Expos today? The Expos back? No, I just, I wore something <laughs> neutral because I know you're so excited about betting baseball. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'll wear something that he can't, nobody, everybody likes the Expos stuff. No matter where I go. That's true. And because it's, said, of all the franchises that have been dissolved, I think the one that might be the most warmly thought of in, in the rear view are the Expos. Everybody loves the Expos. They're all pissed off that Montreal lost their baseball team. I think you're right. Like, think about that, like, for the even, like, the NBA. Well, the Nordiques are definitely, but it's a Canadian thing. The Whalers, people like the green, but it's Hartford, so who cares? What about Seattle Supersonics? Yeah, they're warmly, but people think of Sean Kemp and kids and they get grossed out. So, <laughs> so, so, so it kind of, not everybody thinks a lot of, you, a lot of people do. Yeah, that's, the, the number one thought is Sean Kemp and kids. And you're like, I can't do the Supersonics anymore or the glove in Gary uh, Payton, but that's, that's about it for them. Uh, who I think it's shrimp. 
Interesting. Good player. Good shooter. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL, because the Browns came back, the Raiders became Las Vegas. Yeah, there's not really a defunct franchise of football. Yeah, because the Colts think, left. Right? They didn't defunct. They left in the middle of the night to go to Indy. So Baltimore got the Ravens, and then the Browns lost Cleveland, and then they wound up getting, once the Cleveland Browns became the Ravens, right. that, that's they, they went back to being the Browns. So there really hasn't been an NFL team that's been dissolved. So the NFL doesn't really come into this. And so, like, there hasn't been many pro franchises in America or in U.S. major four sports that have been dissolved. And the Expos, I mean, everyone knows what would have happened if that was possible. If that team was allowed with Pedro and Vlad and everyone else to get going, that team may have won it all, maybe multiple times. Yeah, that was 94. That work stoppage stopped them. And then nothing was the same after that. That was it. That was the the start of their path out. Do you see Tampa? All the time. Do you see Tampa ever going to Montreal? They want to. Gabe insists that they are and okay. Gabe's, you know, Gabe used to do pregame and postgame for, for the Expos and he's still very near and dear to his heart. Um, but he said to me yesterday that he thinks Montreal will have an NBA team before they have a baseball team. There's a huge hotbed right now of kids coming out of Montreal. Correct. Apparently there's a couple kids on, uh, on the Pacers. It's well, a big all, deal. Over, all over. I mean, Canadian, that that was the, in 2010, that was a revelation that the recruiting grounds in Canada were incredibly fertile and you could go up there and get four and five, five star kids because the recruiting services started to go up there and they actually started to rank them. Like today, this week, a lot of the Canadian AAU teams are in Vegas. Are here, like, right. They're, exactly. They're playing, they're playing here. Yeah. So they would, they would come down to get high level competition. And so the coaches were like, who the hell is that? <laughs> and that's where you started to see a lot of those really talented players. Gonzaga became very active in Canada and other programs started to go up and get kids in Canada. So the basketball up there is phenomenal, but I'll push back on that. Seattle and Vegas are getting two expansion teams and the NBA is not going past 32. I don't I think so either. I don't that's unless they I move there. Uh, someone moves there, but the expansion to Montreal, I would be floored if the NBA did that. Well, I guess Adam Silver had a meeting up there with the Canadians uh, yeah. and, you know, walked through the building and did all that stuff because it's it's NBA ready. They don't need another building. So, But there's two in America that are the same in T-Mobile and the building in Seattle for the Kraken. So, like. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're, they're not going to get it before those two. That's what I yeah. told him. I said, Seattle yeah. and Vegas are next. I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. But I that was the that was the question I asked back and I'd ask you. At what point are we diluting the product? Like it's too much. For the NBA or baseball? Both. Um, I think the NBA is ready for, th- for for two more teams. I, I think the NBA is ready to go 16 and 16. I think that that would be okay. I, I think because the NBA basically is a star-driven league and you add more jobs. G League is now a thing where they're developing talent. So they have a real minor league system. You've got good kids in high, in college who are coming in. I would get rid of the ban on high school kids getting drafted if we expand to open up the talent pool even more. So I would want to see 18, 19 year olds getting drafted, developed, put them in a two-way contract in the G League, and then let them develop and play versus going to college for a year where they don't want to be there and don't want to go to school and whatnot. So I'm okay with the NBA expansion. Baseball, I'm with you there. I, I don't need baseball expansion anytime soon, but I would love to see the Rays get the hell out of the trop and go to Montreal. 
it is a mess because they've been, I mean, like you can't even use the not competitive argument that they're using in Oakland, you know, right. to move. Tampa's oh, they, been right. a competitive team, been to the World Series very recently. Like they've been good every year. So you can't say, oh, it's a bad baseball market because they're they're not competitive. No, the building is junk, obviously. Yes. And and where it is too. Good. Building is junk, where it is, and the fan base is transient. It's not committed at all to Tampa sports. I mean, uh, we talked about it. The Lightning have like 25,000 diehard fans in the market and they go to every game. It's not like a huge deal. Yeah. To, the, the Bucks are the thing. It is a college football town first and foremost, NFL town second, and then you get baseball and everything else down the road for fans that live down there. So when the Red Sox aren't playing there or the Yankees aren't playing there or the Cubs aren't playing mm-hmm. there or something, it's desolate. There's nobody there. It's 5,000 people. I don't know. Is that good for baseball if they to move, move to Montreal? I think so. I mean, Red Sox, Yankees, Montreal, Toronto, and Baltimore. That's awesome. Pretty good division. And not just that. Location-wise, it's great. I mean, geographically, it's great. I know there's a lot of people right. in, in, in Florida who moved from New York and Boston. I get that. But just from a flight perspective and a travel perspective, it's still a two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour flight to go down to Tampa. So Right. Would much rather go to Montreal, have an hour flight to Montreal and just skip over and skip back. I mean, easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. It would be, it would be cool. Uh, I, but I agree with you. I don't know if we need any more baseball teams. Like, no, they watch the games daily. I mean, we're going to have a lot more. Yeah. Unders, a lot more of this, a lot more of that. Do we need that? I don't think so. I'm not mad about the unders, considering, but just I'm mad about the quality of the play. The hell was last night? I mean, l- last night may have been the cherry on the ice cream Sunday for me with baseball betting. <laughs> it's three to two. All right. It's three to two going into the eighth inning. McClanahan gets yanked from the Rays after 81 pitches. This is yeah. the Cy Young. This, this guy's going to win the Cy Young in the American League. Yeah. 81 pitches. Yep. Let's pull him out. Three, two game. Got to save him. Yeah. Bullpen comes in to give up three runs, bottom of the eighth, five, three loss to Baltimore and the over eight or the under eight pushes. Anybody that bet seven and a half yesterday lost. <laughs> I mean, that is just, are you serious? And then to cap it off, it's pretty much an under game for most of it. I bet the seven Astros A's A's have now won three straight games against the Astros. Yes, they have. They're scoring five or more runs, I think, in four straight games now. Yes, they couldn't they hit their way out of a paper bag a month Prior. ago. And all yes. of a sudden, <laughs> they're beating the best team in the division, and they're beating one of the best teams in baseball consistently mm. now. 5-3 mm-hmm. win. They score one run. It's 4-3. I'm looking at the push. I'm like, just don't score, don't score, don't score. One run scores in the eighth inning. 5-3 final. Under seven loses. I lose by one for a meaningless one run, eighth inning insurance run for the A's. Oh, yeah, we're not. I mean, we're not done there. Like that's the like, Phillies was the worst one, and you were on that. I wasn't on the Phillies game, but that the Phillies game was the worst of the night. Phillies one hurt. Um, you know, it's a it's a dead under until the under is dead. Uh, ninth <laughs> inning, you know, you get a a, a a run in the top of the inning. It's five one. I got under eight and a half. It's just, it's just each team can score one. We're good. One team can score two. We're good. One run in the top. And a two-out, two-run homer in the bottom to get us over eight and a half to nine, six, three, final. <laughs> Stayed awake to get the text from you <laughs> in the conversation about the Tampa game. Right. And I was like, oh, interesting. 
Then I say, you know what? Let's take a peek at the uh, the Seattle-Texas game, the last <laughs> game of the night. And this is easy. We're, we're under seven and a half here. No problem. It's 3-1 in the eighth. A foul ball spun back in in the top of the eighth for the Texas Rangers. It was a ground ball down a right field line. Foul, first bounce. Foul, second bounce. But spinning off the bat, bounces back in, goes over the base. Down the line, two runs score to make it 3-3. Okay. Texas scores to make it 4-3 in the top of the ninth. Perfect. Just stay under seven and a half. End the game. Nope. Seattle scores to make it 4-4 in the bottom of the ninth and wins in a walk-off to go 5-4. The game was 2-1 in the seventh. It Mm. went over seven and a half. Unbelievable night. Um, Who was better, Seattle or Baltimore? Boy, that's a good question. I would lean Seattle, but Baltimore, (laughs) I don't think anybody wants to play Baltimore right now. They're not an an easy out. So there's really a lot of talk in Baltimore about Trey Mancini getting traded. He's Mm. probably the longest tenured Oriole. His story is incredible. What him and Sarah went through, you know, to come past the cancer and survive and live. Yeah, Yeah, Sarah Perlman. And um, so... I mean, right now it's Seattle because they're in. I mean, they're in. They're trading to add. Baltimore's got to make a real decision. I mean, Trey Mancini's going to bring back some serious pieces. He's a big bat for somebody. I would give Seattle a little bit of an edge. You? Yeah, I, I think it's Seattle right now. I mean, that they've won seven or last ten to put them now a season high eight games over five hundred. I believe it is. Uh, Baltimore is 49 and 48, but they're just three games back of the Rays for that last wildcard spot. So, yes, Seattle's in, but Baltimore's not dead by any means. Baltimore's right there. It's, it's, it's right. nuts. I mean, Red Sox are 49 and 49. They're only three and a half games back of the wildcard, which is so dumb. It's just <laughs> they're having such a bad year, but they're not dead in the wildcard standings. No, I don't. I don't like this third wildcard. I don't like it. Talk about watering down the product. That's watering down the product. Well, it uh, see just like the extra inning rule accomplishing what it's supposed to accomplish by shortening the games, the third wild card, the thing that it's doing is giving the one seed a buy, like not having to play that first round. So it's rewarding them. So yes, while adding another playoff team seems ridiculous. Um it gives the one seed what it should have an inherent advantage and not having to play or possibly be upset in that first game. So I, I, I like it in that regard. It's going to keep a lot of teams in it that probably should make a decision to not be in it. I could tell you that right now. Yep. <laughs> I love the graphic. Matt still hates baseball betting, which I do. And there's more baseball bets coming today. Unfortunately, uh, much. I, I definitely do still hate baseball betting. And oh, one and one yesterday, 
Could have been a two and oh night until they turned into an <laughs> oh one and one. Just another donation. Here you uh, go. Just, just scratch it off. Dead I, under until the under is dead. Start putting the t-shirts. Thank you, Chef Benny. Uh, that's actually probably not a bad one right there. It's a dead under until the under is dead. We got something there. I think the we might use it. The over yeah. isn't over until it's over is the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Our boys over uh, Chrissy said that one. I can't take that one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never, uh, it's an under until it's over. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Uh, we'll get to Dubsy. It's Dubsy Wednesday today. So you guys can hear from, from him. We'll come on, talk a little golf, a little live golf with some big announcements from live this morning about what they're doing so much for the idea that the live golfers aren't going to play a lot of golf. They, they just announced a pretty big schedule that these guys are going to be required to play in. So that line of, I didn't do this because I play more golf. I need to play less golf. Ooh, yeah. I don't know about that guys. You're going to play a bunch more events with, with the live golf tour next year. They're going to be heavily making sure you guys are going to earn your money, which is interesting, but we'll get to that with Dubsy here in about 15 minutes. Kirk Ferentz, head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes, is ringing the bell for the old guard when it comes to the current state of college football. Those who are in the small states, those who are in flyover country or not big markets, Iowa's biggest market is Des Moines, which is small. They are getting very nervous, Dave, about what the current state of college athletics is looking like from the NIL perspective from a television perspective, from a relocation and realignment perspective. I mean, think about UCLA and USC, you know, being in the same conference as Iowa in Iowa city. If you're a kid being recruited by both, where are you going? <laughs> what school are you going to go play for? Yeah. Wow. He wants oversight. This has been talked about for years, a college football czar, a committee, a leader, Somebody who can come in and push, put college football in its place, if you will, when it gets too big for its britches. Where are you on a czar for college football? Uh, I mean, what did they think was going to happen with this NILs? Like what, what, like all this stuff, like what it kind of had no choice though. I mean, they were getting sued in federal court. They, they had to do it. Like they were going to be forced to do it. So. I don't blame them too much for that. The relo the realignment is all them though. That's their own fault. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so they, they, they allow the NIL stuff and now it's like, Oh, well, wait a second. We, we should probably have somebody watching this or discussing this. Like they allow the realignment stuff to kind of just happen. And now it's like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. We can't just allow the wild West to happen and all this other stuff. Like there's nobody policing them at all. Hmm. How are you going to start now? Well, you would get the, I mean, Nick Saban in the last week has said, look, we know Super conferences are coming and we're one of the halves. So we're in a pretty good spot. We're not, we understand what's going to happen. We're okay with it. The big 10 commissioner at the big 10 media days said that they are well aware of an expansion of the college football playoffs coming to 16. It's probably going to happen. It's been talked about. It's been kicked around when they do it. They don't really know, but that will open up more opportunities for the power conference schools, the big schools to get in the more, of the teams that are on the fringe of the, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson type of tier will have a chance to compete potentially to get in the Michigans of the world. will get more access to the college football playoffs. 
that sharing of dollars, sharing of money, it makes it more about the upper echelon teams in the super conferences and the teams that are part of it, but are just lucky to hang on like Baylor, Iowa state, you know, Northwestern, you know, these schools that do not have large population bases or large alumni bases in smaller towns or States, they're starting to get worried. They're starting to get nervous that if you're going to break away from the Mountain West and the Conference USA folks, how long is it until you break away from the, the Northwesterns and the Iowa states of the world and don't need them anymore? Uh, who do you play? What do you mean? 30, you have a 30-team conference. and just if, if geography doesn't matter anymore, right? If, if travel is no longer a big concern, you take not. the top. We take the, top, take the top 30 teams and you keep all the money. Why the hell are they subsidizing these tiny schools that aren't going to win championships? Iowa State's never winning a national championship. You're lucky to win a never big even getting in the playoff. Right. They'll be lucky to win a Big 12 championship. Right. So they can play for it maybe once or twice, but Nebraska's in the same boat. You got Nebraska with, with all their history and what they've done, but they're not going to get back into the playoffs. They're never going to get back to a championship team. And so they don't need them. What do I need Lincoln, Nebraska for? What do I need Ames, Iowa for? I don't need any of these. I don't need any of these programs. So if I'm Alabama, Auburn, if I'm USC and UCLA, if I'm Texas and Texas A&M, I got national brands, Ohio State, Michigan. You just go get those teams. You put them together, Clemson and whatnot, and you go play in your own league. You go play in your own top 20 league and you define that, that who wins the championship. In the NBA and the NFL, 30 and 32 teams. And we call that a world championship. Why can't we have a 30 conference team, a 30, 30 team conference, and that's it? That's who is going to be the world champion. The the you know the college football national champion comes from that. Is, is that, that is that college football? No, it's not college football. No, but this is why Ferentz is raising his hand and saying, "Hold on a second, guys, we're getting really away from the point of college athletics, like the pageantry and the experience and educating these kids. You know, we're getting really into the professional ranks. Colleges are signing deals with sports books and." You know, we have, you know, co- we have athletes who are involved with big national brands now doing national ad campaigns. I mean, it's, I'm not opposed to it. I I think that there needs to be some type of governing body because allowing the, you know, everybody to just run around and do their own thing right now doesn't look like a smart idea. I don't know. It's, it's, it's too soon in the process, but it's been going on for years. I mean, it's been without being above ground and out in the open, this has been the same shit for years. I mean, it's just now they're telling the schools like, Hey, you know, the big 10 Illinois, it's been great, but the top half is going to its own conference. Like good luck, you know, enjoy Um, Rutgers, you know, thanks for coming. It's, it's the Michigan schools and Penn state and Ohio state. Right. Like the big 10. Yep. That's the top half. See you later. And the rest of you figure it out. I mean, and if they do that, I don't know, as a fan and somebody who just enjoyed college football while I was at school, I always enjoyed it growing up. I enjoy it more now. I, I, I like it. Saturdays just are more exciting to me than Sundays. They have been for Still? years. Oh, without a doubt. Wow. It's, the sports book is way more fun on Saturday than it is Agreed. on Sunday. In it's Vegas. Just, just in general. It's the, the games, the 
I don't know. The games used to be better in the NFL. Now it really is a lot of flags and a lot of like, just, Mm -hmm. it's just, ah, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. I I feel like the, the pageantry, the rivalries, the different things. And like, it's, it's just better. And if they take that away, I don't know. Who does that help? It helps the top. It it only helps those teams. It doesn't know the czar. If they put a czar in. No. If they do it, period. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they break away, it only helps. Yeah, of course, obviously. I, I think like a Condoleezza Rice or somebody who has respect on, you know, on both coasts of athletic directors and school presidents, somebody of that nature who could come in and say, look, guys, we got to create some type of bill of rights. We got to have some type of law structure for the entire thing. Like, how do we move? But how, how- do you do that when it's all different? Because like the, the NCAA is different the, than the SEC. It is. is but remember, what is the one college football? What is the one college championship the NCAA does not run? They don't run the college football national championship. Right. They run everything else. There is right. no NCAA college football championship. So there has to be either you bring that into the fold or you have somebody who has the control or has their hands on the wheel, if you will, about how to take the sport into the next decade, the next century, and have it be successful and be there long-term. Because right now, I think this is a sport on a track running out of track. This is a fast-moving train that's going to have to slow down pretty quick because people are going to wake up and go, what the hell just happened? Right. I mean, they're gonna wake that up. I mean, it's 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 about to happen. It's it's wild. The first time to me. Ohio State plays USC in a conference game, it's gonna be like, what are you talking about? What the hell? What the hell just happened? How is this possible? And then, you know, the water polo team's gonna do a road trip. It's gonna be a ten day road trip when I gotta play Ohio State. You know, Penn State swing the Rutgers. The kids are gonna be gone ten days. That's that's well, that's our conference now. Like that way, road trips. Wait a second. What? Like somebody in after all of this happens quickly, it's going to go, what happened? The Big 12 isn't going to be the Big 12. When Texas and Oklahoma aren't in it, like what it, What the hell is the Big 12? I mean, it was enough of an adjustment that, you know, when Nebraska left, like it was, that was strange at first. And it was like, okay, but what is the Big 12 if Texas and Oklahoma aren't in it? I don't know. And- BYU is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? okay. It's very weird. No, I agree. I, I, so I just, at some I think- point do they need to change? I mean, like we talked about the names and somebody in the chat said they're no longer should be the numbers. I mean, it's not the big 10 anymore. It shouldn't be numbers. It's ridiculous. There's 10 teams in the big 12. There's 10 teams in the big 12 and there's 14 teams in the big, in the big 10. <laughs> right. What the hell is so- that? <laughs> Dumbest things. Like we are academic institutions. We are proud of our academic, our academic talent. We, we love the AAU. We, we support our research institutions, but we can't count. Like, right. You know, <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but they keep on. This is what they do. It's, it's extraordinarily frustrating, but Gosh. their brands are their brands. And this is what we pay a lot of money for our logo. And we're, we're, we're the big 10 numbers be damned. But I don't know. I'm nervous about college football. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't like what is going on at the moment. And I like college football a lot. It's a lot of fun. And I feel 
what about when like number one recruits like the kid that went to Jackson State to play for Dion got the money to go there? Now we're going to start to see that happen. But here's my thing with that. Okay, if that happens 15 times, uh-huh. okay, I'll listen. But one defensive back going to play for an FCS school is not going to turn them into Alabama. No, Alabama does that every position. They get the number one safety, the number one corner, the number right. one wideout, the number one offensive lineman. They get them all. <laughs> so if that starts happening for an FCS school, but, then I'll look at it and go, hmm. But one kid in one moment with one team, all right, fine. I don't care. But it's taking a kid from, forget about Alabama. That's like measuring our numbers against Pat's numbers. It's okay. like, if that's the standard. Right. It's taking a kid away from Florida State. It's taking a kid away from Penn State. It's taking a kid away from Florida. It's taking a kid. One kid that normally would go. Now you're starting to see maybe if it happens. I don't know if it will continue to happen because that kid may go there and have no success. And then the big schools will use that against them. And then they'll still get the big, you know, they'll get the kids. So it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting dynamic. I think you're right, though. Something needs to happen. I think Ferentz is right. Like, listen, people, are you step back and try to see the whole global picture here? This isn't the best thing for anybody right now. Well, you can't contend with the NFL. Like, if that's your idea, if your idea is to say we're going to own Saturday the way the NFL owns Sunday. Good luck with that. I think you're going to have a tough time of it. I, I don't think it's what people really ultimately want. They want the kids compensated. They want the kids treated fairly. They want the kids to be involved in the business of college football, but they want it done in a rational way. And I right. think UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten has been the most unnerving thing of where we're headed because it doesn't make any real sense. <laughs> like it's you just, saw the story yesterday where the Big Ten put out that they may not be done. They're not done. No, they're going to go get two more. They have to, they can't have two schools on the West coast where the next closest school is Nebraska. You just, it doesn't make any sense. It's too much travel. They need to go get Oregon, Washington and have those four teams and then have a Western division and have like Nebraska and Northwestern. And then the four Western conference to the West coast teams. And then there's a division. Like that's the only way it's going to be logical for the big 10 to add USC and UCLA. Hmm. It can't be, it can't just be two schools because the travel for them, every single damn game on the road is a two hour flight, except for UCLA, unless the Indian city, unless they play each other, then it's in city. Right. (laughs) That's every team, soccer, basketball, (laughs) baseball, wrestling, whatever, badminton, volleyball, golf. (laughs) They're all having to travel two hours just to go do it, just to go play a darn game. It's very, very strange. All right. Speaking of golf, live golf, making a big announcement today. Let's get to our guy, Dubsy Anderson, host of props golf, who is on a psychotic heater. His plus money peaches have become a thing, man. They are cashing. I believe it's three straight weeks in a row cashing on props golf. What is up, my friend? How are you? Sing it from the rooftop, boys. Happy Wednesday. What up, Brigade? Give me a uh for one time. Give me a uh, uh, uh. four out of the last five weeks, baby. What more do you want from me? As the gladiator Russell Crowe once said, are you not entertained? Props golf twice weekly, baby. Dishing out dimes. A heater is an understatement. I might even have a losing week this week just to see what it feels like, Matty. We've been on that much of a run. But I'll tell you one thing I haven't done. 
got a tattoo in my life. I seen what you're up to yesterday, Maddie. I cannot believe you did that. Got the ink. Things you love to see. Back in winners in the Gulf and Maddie P getting some fresh ink. My man, Sheropean. Happy Wednesday to you, brother. What is cooking? Oh, just catching my breath after that coming in. That's the way you come into the show, people. When you come into the BVB. Sheropean. Sheropean, we're getting gains in the gym, gains in the bank account, gains on the golf course with the big diesel off the tee. Your boy's got a big money game in five weeks. It's all Ooh. happening, boys. The dog days of summer, don't tell me that. I will not entertain that notion. Go and cry to someone else. Take the pity party elsewhere. There's plenty of great sports to bet on, notably the golf, and we got two events this week. Come on, boys, bring it on. Before we do the golfs, what was the all-star game like for you as being an Aussie, going in, hanging out with Dave, what was it like going to the All-Star festivities? I, I, I loved it, mate. Maybe I was just taken back by being there firsthand. But I feel like there's a lot of young superstars coming up through baseball. I think uh, Dodger Stadium has to be one of the best ballparks in the business. The fans were going absolutely wild. Bad Bunny, who I'm sure Sharon Pierce filled in, some singer who just gets the hero's reception. I mean, Ooh. he makes Justin Bieber look bad. But I guess the notable mention... For me, Maddie, I was out there for the uh, the futures game as well. The prospects on the Saturday, where it's all the you know the next generation superstars. I'm like, get a couple of beers into me, the old tough juice, if you will. So we go down the bullpen, and I start chirping this guy. I'm like, Megan, get the camera. We're going to get some good content here. I'm giving it to him. Hey, Otero, turn around. You're a cat. Pick up the ball. Throw us what you, you know. Show us what you're throwing. Get involved. Nothing, nothing. He finally turns around. He's about 50, 60 years of age. I didn't know that the bullpen coach wears the same uniform as the players. So here I am chirping him up, making myself look like an idiot. And that is one thing I don't need any help. With. Everyone else is having a laugh. I'm like, I've got him on my side. No, no, no. I am the clown boys, but yeah, no surprises there. This is what happens when Dubsy gets absolutely loaded at a sports event. I can't help myself. How many Dodger dogs did you oh. eat? Uh, look, I, I I try to do seven, and everyone knows Dubsy loves the sausage. I got through one and a half, Dave, and I had to call it quits. I mean, these Dodger dogs, they're not Joey Chestnut dogs, right? You can't just squish them in after dipping them in soda. I tried to do a hot half gulp of the first. I'm like, hey, th this ain't happening. We got through one and a half in two minutes. I embarrassed myself again. Mate, this is, th yeah, so I had a good time out there, Maddie. but a lot of embarrassing stuff went down. The Dodger dogs, that was a failure. Trying to chirp out the bullpen coach. Just a night out the baseball. Good times indeed. All right, so let's talk about what Liv announced today. So Liv Golf announced that they're going to really up their number of events next yeah. year. They're going to play 40 eight events coming up here. Sorry, sorry, 14 terms, sorry, 14 yeah. tournament, 48 players, 14 tournament schedule. They're now saying that the Live Golf League players are quote expected to compete in numerous international series tournaments. So much for not playing any golf, huh? Yeah, right. So so much for uh turn off rate events and getting the bag, but I mean, either way you slice it, they're still getting paid massive money to do a lot less than what they're doing on the PGA Tour. But again, if you start throwing in those 14 events, if they want to try and play in the majors, that's another four. If they need world ranking points, suddenly yeah, they're all talking about going to play the Asian Tour where they can get points. You throw in, what, another six or seven events, and now they're back up to 25-plus tournaments they're playing throughout the year. And now they're traveling, not just in America. They're going to you know the Middle East. They're going to Australia. They're going to Vietnam. They're going to the UK. So... Yeah, maybe it's great for the guys who got, you know, the $200 million, the $125 million. But for some of the young guys who maybe didn't get 
the big purse, I'd be thinking, hey, maybe this wasn't the right decision and now I can't play in the majors. Uh, what happens when Greg Norman brings in more big names and I'm not part of the top 48? Where do I go and play now? I've been banned from the other tours. What happens? And I'm hearing that there's more Aussies who are going to go after the President's Cup. Cameron mm. Smith, your world number two. Adam Scott, Mark Leishman. Shark wants to have an all-Australian team. So crazy things going on right now, boys. But uh, look, I, I think Greg Norman is still sitting on a couple of cards. And the further this one plays out, the more we're seeing it's not just a shortened schedule. This thing is going to run absolutely side-by-side side with the PGA Tour and try and cripple it. So the PGA Tour, I'd be saying, hey, let, let's get to the table. Let's talk to these guys and try and figure out a way where we can both succeed and try and get along. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I really think we have to get there before we ruin both tours, if that makes sense. Because, you know, you give me a week like this week, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, please don't, don't call it a classic. And now I've got the Live Series with a far stronger field. We don't need two golf tournaments here in America going on at the very same time. It's still golf, boys. So, Dubsy, as, as hot as you are, I, I mean, you are on fire and fuego, okay? Um, uh, yeah, you know, with the keep, plus going, money keep going, keep going, keep going. This is what he does, people. But what happens a lot of times in golf betting after the last major is it drops off a cliff. Yeah. And people may not even partake in looking at numbers or even why should someone, in addition to listening to the Props Golf Podcast and following somebody who's as hot as you, just pitching darts on yeah, that green every life. week. But why would someone want to continue betting golf right now you know, after the majors. Yeah, look, we still got plenty to play for. We got two more events until the FedEx Cup playoffs where they're playing for uh, a big chunk of change. Probably doesn't compare to the Live Series. But again, the, the beauty of golf, and I feel like it's really come along the last couple of years from a social aspect. You know, thanks to the pandemic, people are playing it. We've sort of made it cool again. It's every single week, Dave. And the more you learn about these golfers, the more you can you know, uh, develop your own lens, your own betting strategies. If you don't want to tail me, I always say, we're just trying to dish out the prototypes, right? I'm not trying to give picks and say, hey, get on these golfers. No, no, no. These are the horses for these golf courses. And again, I think it's been fantastic the last month or so, not going up against the football, uh, the NBA, if you will, and golf's had its own little lane. And that's to, to my point again, in you know six weeks, two months from now, when football ramps up, people are going to say, why would I watch you know, the PGA Tour, some golf event. But, hey, if you like making money, which we all do, the golf betting, fantastic markets being offered up every single week. We found a bit of a lean in the outright markets, the plus money peaches. This is what we do. This is our bread and butter. You don't have to watch the tournament. Just get those tickets in. Watch Props Golf twice weekly. You're making a hefty little bank balance on a Sunday night. Take the misses. Take the partner out for dinner, a couple of drinks. That's what we're doing. We're helping you succeed in life, baby. That's what it's all about, Dave. Let me ask you this, though. So we've got the Live event. You mentioned the field yeah. being stronger than the Rocket Mortgage. Yeah. Live events at Trump National in New Jersey. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. Can Where do you bet? The Live Tour. Is anybody in America, are U.S. books putting up anything so on all, the Live Tour? All I can see out of the big books, uh, Matt, the closest is uh, DFS through DraftKings doing the fantasy okay. lineups. Now, I've got bookies here in L.A., and for some reason they can get it on their website, so maybe mm -hmm. it's an offshore thing that you can mm -hmm. bet on Live. And if you can find it, I think there's a couple of great numbers there this week. Matty Wolf at 35-1, to 1, Bryson DeChambeau 
at 15 to 1. And I guess I, I think there's some integrity clause that Liv has to get past before they can start opening up you know, you know, the old gambling floodgates, but it has to be inevitable, right? We know sports betting in this country is absolutely booming, so it's only a matter of time before these big books get on board with the old Live Series betting. And I think there's a great opportunity there as well, especially for the value play. No cut, shorten event. What motivation do the big names have to practice anymore, to play their good golf? There is none. For the young guys showing up, hey, I can make, what, an, another $4 million if I play three good rounds of golf and there's no pressure because we're all teeing off at the same time no one knows about me. So if you can get a bet on the Live Series, that's where I'm looking this week. And again, it's a bit of a uh, sort of you know bat flip to the PGA Tour because this is was uh, this golf course was meant to host the PGA Championship for this year before they hooked it due to uh, big Trumpy boy. But here they are again having an event there. So uh, interesting times indeed to say the least. I can tell you this from the book's perspective, making numbers for this is hard because you don't quite understand the format. W, yeah. You may have a, a, a consultant fee. If we can get you in touch with some people in the books, I can say, listen, hey. I got a guy who can explain the format. <laughs> there is no cut. Keep the numbers a little bit lower. You know, maybe even, you know, we sit down and do our own numbers. We can do this together and start a, a golf, you know, consulting fee because the books will want to put it up if there's eyeballs on it. I can yeah. tell you that. Absolutely. So you talked about the FedEx Cup and what's coming in September. Does anybody really, I mean, like, is it something that the guys on the tour go for? Because nobody bets it. I can tell you that. Is this something that is talked about or is it just like an ancillary, hey, if I win this thing, I'm going to pick up a nice big check. But does anybody care about the FedEx Cup on the tour? Yeah. Yeah, the, the golfers absolutely do, Dave, because there is a bit of you know prestige on these events, uh, just given the money value. But after the majors, the Players' Championship, the Tour Championship, you know, the last event of the season, that's going to be a big one. It makes it harder to get into because it's top 125, it's top 70, it's top 30. And again, weeks like this week, there's a bit of motivation for some of the journeymen to pick up those points, a couple extra bucks to try and qualify for those last few events for the PGA Tour, for the golfers, it's bragging rights. And again, you know, back to golf sort of coming through with big popularity this season. It was this time last year where the big rivalry was about Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Koepka. Brooksy! Trying to go to Fisty Cups mm-hmm. on the golf course. And people say, you know, what a couple of tool bags. Yes, I absolutely agree. But again, it got us in the spotlight. It puts us on the front page of ESPN every single day. Same too with all this Live Series. So when people say maybe they're not going to get involved with the old golf betting this time of year, I would argue maybe things are starting to change. Popularity grows. They've had a couple of winning tickets. And that's the best thing, Davey. Soon as someone backs a win in the outright market for the PGA Tour, they're off to the races. This is the easiest thing. But guess what? There's 150 horses you have to beat every single week. And apparently there's a guy who's backed four of the last five. I don't know his name. Some Australian fella. He looks like Chris Hemsworth. He's built like Thor. I think he goes by the name of Dubsy. Just pump the old tires there, boys. That's what it's all about. So let me ask you this, though, because Sergio Garcia was caught on a hot mic saying, I can't wait till I get rid of this tour, get yeah. off the PGA tour. Yeah. And can't, couldn't, couldn't wait to get to the live tour. Well, yesterday he made the announcement that he's not going to resign his membership from what's now called the DP tour, which is what we know as the European tour, the Euro yeah. tour, because John Rom talked to him about with the Ryder Cup. Do you think some of these guys, when it comes to Ryder Cup time and it comes to doing the things they have wanted to do, whether it be the majors or not, 
might have a change of heart and might go, all right, how do I, can I, do I need to rethink my position here? I think uh, definitely, Matty. And it's going to come to a point where this thing's going to go to court. There's no two ways about it. It's going to be a lengthy process. But all these golfers still want to play in the big events. They want to play in the playoffs. They want to go to Jack's place, to Arnie's place. They want to play Ryder Cups, President's Cups. And I've made the analogy, I don't know if it was with you boys before, but if you give LeBron James double what he's making this season in the NBA and say, hey, we're going to send you to Europe to play European basketball, double the money, easier league, he'd say, well, well, that's good. But he's going to miss that competition. He wants to play against the best ball players in the world. He wants to play for the big trophies. He wants to put on the green jacket. These guys have all grown up with one tunnel vision. It's the PGA Tour. It's the major championships. You cannot just delete that out of your memory. I don't care how much money you're making. It's going to be nice. Brooks Koepka, he's with the misses over in Italy, you know, putting the old feet up. But it'll come a point in time, whether it's a year, two years from now, they'll look back and say, no, 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 I need to be mixing it. Otherwise, what am I even doing when, when uh, like the, the standard of play for live I, I think it's a good little product i think it's exciting it's different but the standard is going to drop drastically these guys just don't have an incentive to practice the format it, it's still going to be a shorter schedule even next season playing what once every four weeks no so for these guys if they want to stay serious they still need to be trying to play in those events and look if it does go to court i think the players have a pretty good chance of being granted you know that that option to at least try and play both tours. So I absolutely see. And for the guys, you know, who uh, resigned their PGA tour status, that's great because, you know, you're avoiding the legal drama, but they've also chalked up a pretty hefty pension fund playing 10, 20 years on the tour. And it's great. If you're making 10 million over at live, we know what these guys are like. They're, they're the same as us. If someone owes me 500 K a million dollars, look at Dubsy throwing out these numbers, maybe one day boys, but if someone owed me say 500,000, that's my money. I want it. I'm entitled to it. Give yeah. me my damn money, baby. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to happen. The money. All right, last one for me, Dubsy, before I you know, throw it back to Matt and let you go. What are you doing on Saturday night? Like, I mean, you know, because it's it's Rocket Mortgage weekend. You, you, you may just kind of be chilling. I know you're going to have the podcast and people got to listen to get the winners and the plus money beaches. But it's leg day today on Wednesday. All right, I know it. You're trying to get these calves like I got. You can't yeah. get them. No matter how hard That's you try, tough. you ain't going to get tough. them. P. Rock got a nice set of calves too, by the way. He does. We I've got some those. chicken. We got some big chicken bones, like uh, yeah. legs for this show. We're going to put that on a T-shirt too. Picture <laughs> yeah. of me and his calves. What are you doing on Saturday night? What does Dubsy do to hang out in L.A. on Saturday night? Well, boys, this is the tough part, right? Whenever we get a win, we champion it. Dubsy's all over social media, four from five. Dubsy's dollar dazzlers, king of the world. But the missus sees it. So she goes, oh, you've, you've had another good week on the punt, have you? I'll make dinner plans for Saturday night. So now I, I, I can't win, Dave. I make the money I spend on her, and I tell the same thing. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but I'm not asking you to chip in for half my losses when I get absolutely beaten up by the books. I don't say, hey, Give me a slice of that if you still want to go out to dinner. But a typical Saturday, Dave, usually go out for a, a little bit of sushi, maybe a couple of drinks, maybe a little happier action here in Hollywood up at Sunset Boulevard, baby. The old strip, Dubsy, running amok, absolutely ruckus, raucous atmosphere on a Saturday night, if you will. And if I'm back I'm in winners, I've got some nice-looking yeah. tickets on Sunday. I spend like I'm going to win on Sunday <laughs> afternoon if you get my drink. Uh, yeah, catch. She's booking that res at catch for you. You're going to have to yeah, get, get, get ready is. to go on that. You, she's got that for you. 
All I want is a sports bar. I want a sports bar with 50 oh, televisions, wall to wall, there. where I can spill my beer, get a couple of fireball shots, and get the party started. These fancy restaurants, they end up charging me 300 bucks for drinks that I don't even like. You've got really small portions. Everyone is stiff in attendance. No, give me a couple of fireballs at the local dive bar, boys. That's what oh. it's all about. All right, before we let you go, and I don't want to totally bury everything you're going to give out on Props Golf coming up here this week and for the cut show that happens on Friday night, dropping Friday night into Saturday morning for the Rocket Mortgage. Tony Finau was down pretty bad in the fourth round, last round, last weekend. He rallied. He wins the tournament going away at the 3M. The field wasn't the strongest, so Tony should have been able to pick that up. But better field this week for the Rocket Mortgage. Finau, 13 to 1 here. I, I mean, everybody's on Will Zellatoris. I love Willie Z. I just, every time I bet on Willie Z, he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, which is win the damn tournament. He hasn't done it yet. Is this Willie yeah. Z's time? Or is this a Finau time, or do you like somebody else to come away with the W? Yeah, look, very good point, Matt. Uh, last week, we got Tony Finau, 13-1. We also picked him up again uh, for the catch on props golf at plus 650. So that's why you got to watch it twice weekly. And look, Tony Finau, he was far from impressive. Once he did get in that lead, I mean, he, he tried to put in the water on 17. It hits the uh, the bleachers and comes back into play on 18. Tony, you've got a four-shot lead. Don't go, Just don't go in the water. He puts it straight in the water. So he's still a mess up top between the years, just like Scott Pierce, he was uh, throwing all, o- all over himself wearing a red shirt. How dare you? But look, for this mm. week, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, it's not a strong field. We've got a few big names. I love Willie Z. I love Cameron Young. Both guys, Wake Forest alum, both guys absolutely thumping, kicking, headbutting the door for their breakthrough win. I do think this could be the week. It's a little chalky, boys, 15 to 1, 16 to 1, but there's no way. We're going to go another whole PGA Tour season without Willie Z getting a breakthrough win or Cameron Young. These guys are far too good. I think this week, weaker field, the circumstances, it suits good drivers of the golf ball. Both guys tick the box. If you want a bit of a value play, I'll throw in Adam Scott, 37 to 1. The big hit in Aussie. Cameron Davis got it done here last year. Scotty Boy, 43 years of age, not long before he says sayonara to the PGA Tour. I like his golf game, and he's sneaking under the radar. Two last starts in the top 15s at the major championships. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, boys. We're going to Detroit, the home of Slim Shady. Knees weak, arms are heavy, vomit on the sweater, mum's spaghetti. Let's go. One more quick one. My guy, Matt Brown, threw out this idea, and I'm curious how you feel about this. My friend over at VEASAN. Well, how would you feel about betting a quarter unit on every Cameron in the field? Young? Davis, Tringali, and Champ. They're it's a quarter a unit play. on all it's four on all play. four Camerons. Yeah, I mean, Cameron Champ, he looked to have found something last week. That's a guy with such a high ceiling, but so erratic. Uh, longest guy on the PGA Tour. Cameron Davis wanted here last year. He's looked good the last month on the PGA Tour. And Cameron Tringali, geez, uh, is he ever going to get a win on the PGA Tour? He's been out there for 15 years, $20 million in career earnings, but allergic to getting it done on Sunday afternoon. But again, doesn't have to be the front runner. I like it. Let's make it a cami week. The cam special, if you will. Love it, boys. Save that one for Cam Stewart when we go on. on yes, yes. That's a good get, get one. Get all four cams. of them. Yep. Dubsy, thank you, my friend. Best of luck to you this week at the Rocket Mortgage. Appreciate your time. Always a pleasure, boys. I'm going to hit the seps. The seps. We're going for six. We're going for six. Peace, boys. That is Dubsy 
Follow him, Mr. Dubsy, on Twitter. You guys, props golf dropping every Wednesday and oh. Saturday, two times a week. You get picks from Mr. Dubsy. The energy, the quickness, the speed, the the, the flexing all happens. Video and audio. Props yeah. YouTube for the video and where we get your audio podcasts. Good stuff with him. I don't know. I, I may throw it. I may do that bet and avoid betting baseball. Just bet all, all four cameras. Just bet all the cams. Yeah. All the cams. It's quarter unit on all because you wind up getting, uh, if you bet, Cameron Young is 16 to one. Cameron Davis is 27 to one. Tringali is 37 to one. And Champ is 40 is, is, uh, Why don't you bet a half unit? 41 to one. Then half unit on each. And so you risk two units. You're going to pick up, it's going to cover all your baseball for the month <laughs> if you hit one. If one of them hits, you're covered. I need, one of them. I need to hit one of them, or I go down two units like I've been doing every damn day betting baseball. So I was going to say, idea. I mean, it's 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 worth it. Maybe it's a bad idea. Half a unit there. on each. You hit the forty to one. You're up twenty units. Bang! Now you can do whatever you want. You can go right back to the baseball. You bet for five. Yeah, yeah, right back to baseball. That's like a fun, fun experience. Yeah. We do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 phenomenal. Let's let's go back to betting baseball, uh, Zach. The hat says he wants to go on a marathon after listening to Dubsy. I can't blame you, man. I mean, let's go. All, all energy, all excitement. Every time. Okay. Uh, Julio Jones is now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do we give a shit? Nope. Does, you? Does, nah, he can't stay healthy. This is like the ultimate name only signing. He's only 33, though. It's crazy. Boy, they're on for like so long. 40, right. He gets um, banged up so much. He's been around for so long, but he's taken such punishment in the league. But I mean, it's another name to replace Gronkowski to put him in, you know, Julio Jones. Now it's there. a great veteran set of hands. You can count on. That's all Brady yeah. needs. He just, Correct. I mean, he'll be the guy that when he needs to, to make a play, they'll use him effectively. Hopefully he provides enough of anything to let Evans do his thing on the other side of the field. I mean, yeah. But as far as do 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 I care? Like that's the way it was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. approached in the run. I don't. I mean, I don't think anybody betting it does. I mean, Tampa's already such a gigantic favorite in the whole scheme of things. I still don't see it as being as easy as a lot of people do. But I mean, is. I was the first one to say it. It's not going to be that easy last year. It was pretty easy for them until they lost. And the year before, they won the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. Do you see it as being – does this move the needle anything at all for you? No, it might move the needle for, like, touchdown passes for Brady in the red zone. I mean, but he's not the same receiver that he was. And he's got – I mean, we know that Godwin's progressing nicely with the ACL. So we, 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 we know that there's opportunities for them receiving wise. Yes. Gronk's gone, but it's still Brady. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not worried about the <laughs> offense for Tampa. Like I'm not, this is just another weapon. Our guy bear bear Mullings just said in the chat, is it just me or does the buck skill position group look like a fantasy football roster from 2017? <laughs> He's absolutely right. He's a hundred percent right. I mean, Mike Evans, the, my only question about it is if what happens if Mike Evans and Julio Jones don't get along and like Julio wants the ball, having a good year, having a resurgence. And Mike Evans is like, this is my team. That's and my I don't only. think Mike Evans, I, I mean, Mike Evans looks like he's that guy that wants to win. He was trying to pull Antonio Brown back 
yep. last year saying, man, shut up. Yep. Stop yep. doing Talk. what you're doing right now. Stop. <laughs> you're ruining, you're ruining everything. Yes. You, yes. Stop. Like just, yep. just put stop. And he seems like that guy that, I mean, cause you're right. Like some wide receivers are divas and they want it to be my team and they want it to be about them. Mike yeah. Evans doesn't seem like that guy. So I don't think that that, I mean, I guess that could be a factor, but I think Julio knows like this is the last stop. No. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> I don't know the way these receivers bounce around these days in the NFL one year deals. It feels like it could be it, but maybe not. Maybe they win the Super Bowl and he goes and signs a big deal with somebody. Uh, for me to sign Julio Jones to more than a one year deal, I got to see that he's healthy and he never stays healthy. He plays four games a year, basically. That's what I mean. Like even drafted him in a, in a fantasy league. Like how can you draft them? Like you wouldn't no, even DFS wise, maybe, but not season long. No, like <laughs> right. week by week, fine. Season long, no, I yeah. I can't do it. Uh, Jerry Jones yesterday, Cowboy training camp, set the bar pretty much for his head coach in Mike McCarthy, essentially saying they got to make the playoffs. After hearing this, Dave, I am 100% sure that Sean Payton is the coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year. I said the same thing, and I was like, I'm going to text you that, and I was like, no, I'll save it for the show. I thought the exact same thing. We talked about this in the summer, like, yeah. I mean, earlier, last year, when as soon as Payton was done, we had had some conversations off the air and was like, yeah, that's where he's going. It's never been more evident that unless – McCarthy wins the Super Bowl, which, well, come on. I don't know if he's to win the Super Bowl, but the language that Jerry Jones made was essentially they have to be a relevant playoff team. So, like, they've got to be, you know, they got to be in the I read the way I interpreted it was basically they had to be in the NFC Championship game right. for Mike McCarthy to keep his job. He can yeah. lose the game, but if he goes to a wild card game and loses, good, not you're good out. enough. Even if he wins a wild card game and loses in the divisional round, you're, you're out. out. So, I mean, if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm, I'm contacting some realtors and I'm making sure I got them all on speed dial. And I know when I'm when my house is going on, on the market, right when the right when the year is over, yep. I'm selling my house because I'm getting fired. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I thought the same exact thing. I said, wow, Jerry just said he's gone without saying he's gone. I mean, that was that was pretty. Uh, the message was delivered. Let's put yeah. it that way. I and the so. dream of Sean Payton coaching the Cowboys has always been there. That's been on both sides. We've known that for everyone knows that, that there's a mutual respect and interest for Sean Payton to go coach. And Payton's going to want a ton of money to coach. And what team's going to pay him a ton of money besides the Dallas Cowboys? Does he want to coach anywhere else? Besides Dallas? Yeah. I think he, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it feels like if somebody gave him a Brinks truck, he'd go pretty much anywhere where he thought he could win. He has a quarterback and a decent offensive line. I think he'd go there. Right. For enough, for the right money. But the Cowboys being where he's from that lineage and knowing the NFC East yeah. and knowing Dak, I think he feels like I can go there and win right away. Right. I heard this this morning. I don't know if you, if you agree with it, that the Dallas Cowboys win despite Mike McCarthy, not because of Mike McCarthy. Is that accurate? I would say that's probably accurate. <laughs> and he's dead. <laughs> and you're a dead man walking. Like, I mean, just, that's it. the Packers I would did. Agree. I would agree. They? 
the, when he was the Packers coach. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he's, that's his claim to fame, right? That's what keeps on getting him jobs is that 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 run with the Packers. But I don't know. It's it's been it's been interesting to watch the underperformance, the under the the talent that they have, and yet they still struggle to win that division. Again, I don't know if I see. I never really did what a lot of other people see. Like it's a lot of flash. It's a lot of stuff. It's just McCarthy. No, from Dallas. No, Dak is great. I'm so I've been impressed with Dak. I'm impressed with him. I'm impressed with the person more than I am the player. Everyone, everybody freaks out when I say that. They all get mad at me, but I'm. I'm impressed with the whole package. I mean, where he came from and the, story the leadership and is unbelievable. Yeah, the the, the personality great. off the it's, charts. It's yeah. great, and he can drop dimes, man. I mean, he his touch passes have been great. I saw him playing in college, and I was like, wait a second, who is this? I remember I turned to a supervisor named Justin. I was like, Justin, who is this kid? Look at these passes he's making, and he was running for his life. At Mississippi State, like he it wasn't like he had a great offensive line and all this stuff. He's playing in the SEC, you know, behind the curve anyway. Um, but I mean, you still got to play some sort of defense. I haven't seen Dallas play defense since they won Super Bowls when they had Aikman, Irvin, and Emmett Smith. Like mm. it's been a while. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, we went through the schedules though, and. I don't know how Dallas doesn't win 11 games this year. I mean, unless Dak gets hurt again, I think they're winning 11 games. The division stinks. I don't know. This, this, it stinks every year. <laughs> every year it stinks. Everyone's saying yeah, the Giants haven't been good in a long time. Washington Eagles, hasn't been good in a Eagles long time. Eagles are the new everyone's favorite now. Oh, God. They're dude. better. They're Philly better. Media. No, they've been better. The Philly media is just beside themselves, and the East Coast media right now is beside themselves about here come the Eagles. Look out for the Eagles. Here come the Eagles. Okay, sure. Hmm. Yep. I believe it when I see it. Every year, it seems like it's the Eagles. It's the Eagles. AJ hey, Brown. Um, okay. One more football topic, and this is your team. One of your defensive backs fell off a bike, Dave, on vacation. On vacation. Riding a bike, and he can't practice now. Was it raining? Like, how? how it doesn't it matter if it was raining or not. Just gets. It, listen, there's a, there's a word in Pittsburgh. It's slippy. It gets slippy when it's wet. <laughs> and he fell off the bike when it's. If it was raining, I could give him a pass. But now what? I mean, Fitzpatrick's needed. You guys need this dude. Like, it's supposedly, according to Tomlin, it's just wait. A it was Mika. Yes. <laughs> It wasn't yes. just a DB. It's your DB. It's the DB. It's your <laughs> Mika Fitzpatrick fell off his bike. In the rundown, it just says DB. I thought it was like a backup. It can't be you, Mika. I figured you knew who it was. It's your team. He's on the non-football <sighs> injury list now. And no one knows what to believe. Is it Tomlin just saying he's fine? He's fine. Or is it like a serious injury where the guy may have like broken his wrist riding his bike? Ooh. Tough to tackle with a busted wrist. I don't even know if I believe he fell off the bike. Oh, interesting. These injuries, he like the older you get, you know, guys have slammed their hands in car doors and stuff in the past. And guys have 
fallen in the bathtub and gone on the disabled list and all this. I fell off a bike. Ah, <sighs> okay. I, can you t- can you play in a month? Like, is Mika just coming in going, you know what? It's hot. I mean, in <laughs> Pittsburgh, they go to training camp. They stay at St. Vincent's College. I went to basketball camp there when I was 13. Yep. It's a small little school in Latro, Pennsylvania. Mm. There's no air conditioning in the dorms. It's hot as hell. Maybe Mika just said, you know what? I fell on the bike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In practice, <laughs> arms hurt a little bit. Put me on the NFI list for a couple of weeks. I'll be I'll be ready, Coach. Don't worry. Yikes! Eighty four solo tackles last year, by the way, for me. It's tremendous. Eighty four solo, twelfth best in the entire NFL. That wrist is needed. You got to make sure that wrist is right. That's <laughs> right. I mean, so you ain't gonna practice or play in a preseason, right? Yeah. If you have likely. any sort of injury at all, would you practice or play in a preseason at all? No. I wouldn't play at all. If I was even, if I was a third or fourth year guy and I knew my system down pat, I would never play in preseason. I would never risk it. My game checks, I don't get paid unless I play. If I get hurt yeah. in the preseason, I don't get paid. I get paid an injury salary, but I don't get my salary. Right. No way. There's absolutely no incentive other than a quarterback to get reps to get ready to play oh in preseason football. God, I just looked over at my TV and it just says Mac Jones Patriots start practices today in Foxborough. And there's B-roll of him dropping back and he looked like Brady for a second. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you know how many people that used to call it the Brady effect? Oh my God. There are so many people at training camp right now for the Patriot. Patriot fans are going gaga over this Mac Jones stuff. They're buying, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh God! Hopefully our DBs aren't biking anywhere. Keep them off their bikes. <laughs> Patriots need their defense. Wow, they don't have anybody to replace the guys they got now. Uh, all right, real quick here on UFC. What's going to be coming up here this Saturday night? Big pay per view. Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes is a monster fight. Pena won against Nunes, took her belt away. I'm bringing this up because we saw Juliana Pena in Los Angeles running around with the belt. She was. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. She was was there with the butt. (laughs) Amanda Nunes is minus 300 at certain books here right now for this fight. What do you make? When does, when does betting, when it's a female headline fight, does the card increase decrease at, at the books in your experience? Cause Pena is considered, you know, an upstart unknown Nunez is the goat as they call her. They promote her as the goat for UFC 277 coming up in Dallas here for, for this one. Does it water down the handle, increase the handle, different types of betters come to play when the big fight headline fight or two women. It was always slower. It was always less handle. Yeah. Um, Smaller fan bases. Yeah. It just, and, and it felt like it was more, Unknown, mm-hmm. even though like 100%. even though the the numbers like minus three dollars, you would think this is a laydown. I mean, you just you play Nunes, but she lost last time. So now, what do you do? It's a, it's a lot of always felt the trepidation when it was the headliner was the female fights. It doesn't mean it's yeah. not a, as good of or better a product. Right. It just I just know when we would sit in the risk room and we would have one of these. It didn't have the same, and maybe it was just the time of year. This might be a slow week. This might be, you know, this, that's when they put it 
that may have been the reason why, but it was definitely slower. Look, she was out of shape. She's 34 years old. Who had was? her first had her first kid? Nunes. Yep, Nunes. Yeah. 135 was hard to get down to. She had a tough time. Featherweight may be a thing of the past. She may never fight there again. She had a tough time making bantamweight. It was crazy to watch the fight because Pena beat her with a jab. Because when you cut weight and you cut a lot of weight and you're not, your body's not really all that accustomed to it. You haven't been working out. Your brain is getting, basically you can't hydrate your brain. You can hydrate your body, but when you cut weight and you suck all the moisture out of your body, you make 135 and your brain is lacking in moisture. You can't put that back in 24 hours. That takes days to be able to do that. She got beat by a jab because her brain was getting rocked. Every time she took a jab to the face, she couldn't believe how hard it was because her brain was bouncing around. I'm not betting this fight until I see Nunez on the scale. If she looks mm. good on Friday, if she makes weight and she looks competitive, she looks in shape, she looks serious, she's going to run through Juliana Pena. She's going to run through her. I have no debate. Fight inside the distance. Pena by knockout. Take the prop. It's plus 110 for this fight to end by knockout right now. Wait, you said Pena by knockout. You mean No, Nunes just anybody by knockout. knockout. Sorry, Nunes by anybody. Sorry, Pena. Excuse me. Yes, yeah, sorry, Nunes by knockout. Anybody by knockout is plus 110 at FanDuel right now. So the fight ends in a knockout. It's plus 110. Mm. I love that bet. So you have both sides. Mm. It doesn't matter who wins. Nunes by knockout, I think it's plus 145 at FanDuel. I love that bet. I just think if the weight cut goes well for Amanda and she is serious in shape and focused, she will beat Juliana Pena and it will be a quick one fight, you know, hiatus from her championship run. But she said it yesterday. Dana White said, you got to get your shit together. And she said, I agree. I got to get my shit together because life happens. (laughs) Children and families and distractions. And you're the champ. And and COVID, right? Bear, Bear just said she had COVID. She had COVID. Yep. I mean, it was all... Everything was working against her in that fight. It was one of the biggest upsets in the history of the UFC. And I think Juliana Pena had a fun little run. She got her chance to go on the McAfee show and run around Radio Row with the belt and whatnot. And I think Amanda Nunes, if she's serious and looks good on the scale, she's going to run through Juliana Pena on Friday. And that's this weekend? Saturday night. Yep. Saturday night? Plus 145. Nunes by knockout. You may get better prices if you shop around, but FanDuel's got that right now. If you want to be on both sides, if you think Payne's got a shot, I, this fight's not ending in submission. I'd be stunned if it's a submission by either fight, but inside the distance is minus 260. If you don't lay the $3, it's a little bit cheaper to do minus 260, but this is fight's this not going five rounds. rounder. Yes. This fight's not going five rounds. Yeah. It's a five wow. round fight, not, not going five rounds. And it's going to be, I think a return to, okay, right. She's that, you know, Amanda Nunes is that fighter. Like that's who she is. Like we forgot about her for a second, but when she's focused and she really is dedicated, there's nobody who hits harder than her in the, in the women's game. And she's just a ridiculous talent in the octagon, but she's got to look right on the scale. Two and a half is the total P roll. Yeah. Yep. It's never two and a half for a five round fight. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It is. If if there's big big punchers and Nunez's career has been uh, as a well, big, I puncher. know. But a women's fight is right. I, I mean, that's she's the only one. Crazy. Yes, that is crazy. You're absolutely right, bro. A women's fight to have a total Ooh. of that is is really really 
not not normal. I mean, it's Amanda Nunes' average fight time is nine minutes and eight seconds. That's for a female. That's low. That's a low for female. That's her good. average. I mean, if you go through some of her fights, you know, she beat she beat Ronda Rousey in forty eight seconds. She beat Raquel Pennington in two minutes and thirty six seconds. She bit. Uh, she beat Christine Justino in fifty one seconds. Uh, beat Megan Anderson in two minutes and three seconds. So, I mean, she lost this fight when the second round against Pena the first time and lost it with 326 to go in the second round. So it's got to go to halfway through the third round to go over two and a half rounds. Wow. So, yeah, I she's minus 265 at circa right now, which is the lowest in the market. 280 is pretty much everywhere else. Two and a half is under minus 20. It's her, so, it's under so what's Kalekas' angle, do you think, by doing that? That he knows that he thinks pain is live? He's trying to get some Nunes money right now. You know, you get you get the you get the favorite money now. Okay. Early in the week. And just see if it's there. It may not be there. Like if nobody's betting him at 265, okay. Well then, you know, he's got the dog lower than everybody else, too. You know, the dog is plus 240, plus 230 everywhere. He's only at 225. So he puts up the number and tries to take the lead on it. You see where it's going. So um, plus he knows. What, the, public, the public's going to take the plus money? Champ, uh, champ is a dog. People are going to see the champions plus 250. I'm taking the champ. Well, he's seeing what... You you do two things when you put up a different number than the market. You see whether they're going to push you to the market number or they're going to push the market to your number. And it's Wednesday and it's summertime. So nothing's happening yet. Mm-hmm. Just watch the line move during the week. By Friday, we'll know. What time's the weigh-in? Uh, morning weigh in Dallas time will probably be 9 a.m. So like 7 a.m. our time, probably 7, 8 a.m. We'll know by showtime on Friday. We will. Okay. I was going to yeah. say, so yeah. All right. So remind me Thursday night or even Friday morning with a text to, to watch it mm-hmm. and then watch the market move. Cause it's going to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. See if <laughs> she's good. <laughs> yeah, if she's and good. going, man, we're, we're laying it, you know, yeah. or, uh, oh, Maybe we'll maybe we'll just bet the under. Either way, the fight's going under, right? I mean, even if it's an upset, if Pena does it again, it's an under. Maybe. I mean, it depends upon strategy, right? If you're the champ and you're trying to avoid damage, you could run. Like you could just keep yourself out of danger and try to stay away from Amanda and pot shot her for, for 25 minutes. So that's the only worry about the total. But if Amanda's right, Amanda's going to rush her and trap her up against the cage and pound the hell out of her. Drop her. I mean, if, Amanda, if Amanda's right, Payne is not taking two or three shots consecutively and standing. She'll be on the ground. <laughs> she, she was right next to us. I mean, we got a great, Farrah did yep. a great job getting that video of her standing right next to us, talking to the guys on Pat's show and stuff. Yep. She was yelling She's at that. She's tiny. Show. Yeah. She's 135. I just like, I was like, like that's the champ right there. Like, hey, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Flyweight one twenty five. Flyweight even less. Flyweight ten pounds difference. So, <laughs> I mean, <sighs> yes, but you have you start to see you know the the different types of fighters and the different types of of champions and you know the weight classes that that female fighters have and yeah. you know it's 
Valentina Shevchenko is just ridiculous. Amanda Nunez also right there being ridiculous. And when they're right they're those two are just the best in the biz period. No questions right. asked. Right. So again, as long as that weight cut goes the way it's supposed to, because that's what I think when you watch, rewatch that fight, Pena was able to land so many jabs that snapped Nunez's head. I was like, Oh man, this should not be happening. Like Amanda kept it up. Walk one of them. No, she just kept with her head. But she was just, yeah, no head movement. You're right. Was, but then she was getting was caught. Nothing. But I think because how the brain was reacting to the jab, she just wasn't used to feeling like that. Like it was a feeling she'd never uh, felt yeah. before with her head yeah. rocking, going back and forth because she had a bad weight cut that she was not in shape. Man. So if she comes in in shape, I mean, it could, it could end fast. I mean, we're talking like 45, 50 seconds type of fast. Like if she comes in and throws a couple overhand rights and Pena gets caught, it's over. I mean, Nunez has unbelievable power at her weight class. This is a Nunez, Nunez and under parlay. If Ooh, you can do it. I like it. Um, and then you can maybe put it with another fight that you really like and get a nice real plus money return. But um, this might be a Nunez first round yep. decision. Like Nunez in a first round margin of victory or whatever they call that. And that when you can pick the rounds, mm-hmm. Because that's sometimes usually a pretty good plus too. So if you we'll want Nunez, Nunez, FanDuel's got Nunez to win in rounds one, two, or three at plus one hundred five. That's better than laying <laughs> minus two sixty five or two eighty. So if you're thinking about it ending early and you get the full two and a half minutes extra, the total is two and a half. So you get the full two and a half minutes at the end of the third round with that bet. So you get more time. So your parlay, if they win in the, you know, after three minutes, if they win in the third round, you'd lose your parlay. Well, with that bet, you'd win. You'd win your parlay. Nothing wrong with that. And it's not, and it's also not knockout. It's just a win. It's not, you don't have to bet it. She could submit her. So you get submission as well. KO. What was that? Plus 105? Plus 105 at Fandle right now. So let me see what a parlay pays. If you do minus uh, minus two, let's say minus two seventy, and the unders minus one fifteen. See what that comes to. Plus one twenty, plus one thirty. One fifty. Wow. Okay. Huh. So that plus five plus one oh five is not great. Paying forty five cents for two and a half minutes. I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm doing that. Right. That's expensive. Yeah. That cuts it that cuts it down pretty good. Yeah. That's why you always gotta use that parlay calculator, boys and girls. You always gotta try to weigh out the best price when you're or better both. And like you just said, you get an extra two and a half minutes, you might find a value in that is worth the plus 105 versus plus 150. Or if you like the better return, you know, you do that. But that's that's how you do that. That's, yeah, that's, my uh, gut tells me this fight ends in the first round. That's what my gut tells me. I like when you do that shit. Yeah, the Nunes just runs through Pena on Saturday night. It's going to be a fun fight. Good card, too. The co-main will do that later in the week. The co-main's really good as well. Kara France and, and, and Moreno. It's going to be a really interesting fight there. Some other good fights. It's, it's a good card in Dallas. It's a, it's a really good card coming up Saturday night. Now, it's it's back to the time. It's Saturday, Saturday night, right? It's Saturday night, UFC 277. Yeah. 
Okay, so the last fight's almost nine. Yeah, yeah, so it's not, not in England. It's not overseas. It's right. not somewhere funky. It's in Dallas. So it'll be the typical start time, typical 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern time. So in Dallas, they run that late then, huh? Oh, yeah. In the East Coast, in East Coast, they run it late. I mean, if you go to a New York, they start at 10 o'clock. Crowd's wasted. They'll start, at nine, they'll start at 9 p.m. The main card will start in Dallas. The main Ooh. card. So the main yeah. event's not till 11. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, like what happened over in England, which screwed everything up this past weekend, was that the undercard, seven of the eight fights, I believe it was, went the distance in the under, on the undercard. So they started the main event, the main card rather, 20, Damn, minutes, behind, 20 minutes behind schedule. <laughs> they were so far behind schedule. Oh. They were furious, but it wasn't a pay-per-view, so it didn't matter. And it wasn't on network TV. It was only on ESPN+. Plus. So save them a lot. But if they were on ESPN or on ABC or something, it would have been a complete mess. Those are the worst in the book. I can tell you, you're just like, damn it. You can't, you got to, cause you try to set the times for, you know, to correlate. Yeah. And then they don't correlate and you turn off and you got to turn on. Somebody calls them like, Hey, this is off. I can't bet it. Oh, they're behind. Okay. And then oh, you got to make sure. You, oh, it's a nightmare. I forgot about that. Yeah. You time that out. Oh, that's uh, brutal. That's the that's, worst. It's so hard. Fun. It's so hard. Phillies are up 5-2 on the Braves, by the way. I think Hello. Smacked, smacked yesterday, looking to take two out of three against the Atlanta Braves. All right, Mets-Yankees, Subway Series. Mets take what game one. Told you so. I told you the over, so. <laughs> it's a, the over was the, what do we do today? Yankees? Scherzer? So there's a lot of really interesting bets on Scherzer, a lot of really interesting plays on Scherzer that might lead you to go, you would never bet against Scherzer, but I don't know. So our guy bet smart. The Mets are favored over the Yankees for the 29th time this decade. The Mets oh. are 11 and 11 and 18 straight up against the Yankees as a favorite. They are seven and 22 on the run line. Hmm. <laughs> How about that? 29 times this decade that the Mets are the favorite against the Yankees and they lose. Yeah, but the how many games is that? Well, uh, 29. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, not that many. I mean, it might be a bunch, actually, because Mets over the last 10 years. No, they played every year. Right, but they don't play three it's games every year. Only they three games play every six year. games, right? Three and three. Yeah, so it's six games. So it's, yeah, so it's 29th time this decade that they've played, that they're favored over the Yankees. I ain't betting against Scherzer today. You can have that guy, Herman. <laughs> That's not for me today. Under. Game goes under. Boy. You think it goes over? The Yankees. I told you yesterday. I don't like it. I, I just, I don't. With the way that team is hitting. Even How many cases? What, what was the K prop yesterday? Montgomery? The, the, the no, Yankee was, guy? Was no, it was the, the, was the Walker. Walker. Walker's. It got there. It went under. Cashed, I thought. I think it went under. Um, I think he only had four Ks or something. He went six innings. Do we bet the over? What did we bet yesterday? We bet um, prop of the day was the... Um, what did we bet yesterday for prop of the day? Uh yeah, it was it, it was Walker four and a half. I can't remember if it was over or under though for Walker being four and a half. You got four. 
I think he, he got, got four. four. So he stayed under. Somebody checked it in the in the chat. Checked it, the Juan Walker K prop. I think he got four. So it was a good number. You know, it was sneaky. We're talking about the line should have been more or less something, and it went the way of the. You know, it was shaded. I don't. I don't remember specifically. I like the Mets today. I like Scherzer today. I like the under today. Okay, first five okay. under. Yeah, I'll take the Yankees. Um, but probably a run in the first inning. Ooh, a Yerfi. Probably right. a yes. So Darvish is up against uh Scooble. today. Scooble. It's Tariq one Scooble. nothing. It's one nothing in the top of the fourth. Yes. Darvish was, was minus one forty. Padres are currently plus one twelve in this game right now. Yeah. Would you take the Padres in game? Uh down, down one nothing. I could be dis I could be Talked into that, yes. Because as soon as Scooble gets out, <laughs> they, the bullpen is. It's a, I'm a, asking. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want that bullpen with a one-run lead. Now, if they get an extra run or two, that means he goes deeper. Maybe this might be his last start for the Tigers. This traded. Yeah, this uh-huh. is one of their biggest assets right now. Um. It's been such a disappointing year for the Tigers that I, I was reading this morning that everybody's on the table, like everybody. So should, They should be. Yeah. It's um, ridiculous how poor. I mean, I, I bet's up in flames going over bet? their win total. I bet over their win total. Oh. <laughs> I thought they'd be good this year. Yeah. That's dead. Thank yeah, you. Donation to the book, part 85. <laughs> um, Nats for Nats and Corbin against the Dodgers today. LA's laying three dollars today. Should be laying six dollars the way Corbin's pitching. <laughs> I can't, I mean, like two days in a row. Run line. Astros this is the game. Run line the this. Did you run line this? Dodgers I mean, one of the best teams on the run line. I've looked at it. It's laying serious juice. FanDuel is up to minus 137 on the run line, which is above the price. I do not pay more than minus 120 on the run line, but I don't know. How did the Nats keep this game even remotely close? They scored nine runs like they did yesterday. That's how they keep it close. Um, Listen, the Dodgers got swept by the Pirates a month and a half ago. Just like this. It was just like this. The seri- the prices got bigger as the <laughs> games went on. It lost the first right. game. Okay, they can't do it again. Bigger favorite. Oh, they will lose two in a row. They can't lose the third one. And it just kept betting it. These are huge games for the books. When a favorite like this loses, it's gigantic. Um, it's painted 255, 260. Okay, it's right. come down. That's money. Coming in. Well, you bet the sweep. That's that's the old guy's rule that I learned years ago. You bet the sweep. You get plus, plus. You're way ahead now. What's the worst that could happen? If you had Washington even on the run line two days in a row, you bet it again, you're still ahead. So it makes sense to bet them. Um, man. Game starts at noon our time. So we're getting close to game time. It starts in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like a live audience play. By the yes. time you get to this podcast, you might have to play them in game. If the Dodgers get down, play them. You could do that. I wouldn't lay two fifty or two sixty. I don't think so. It's, it's just it's run line it's or nothing. Game. It's run line or nothing. I think the game goes over. 
Wow, what is the total? Eight and a half. Ooh, high nine. For a Dodger game, is high. Nine. Under 15, under 20. Of course, they're betting under. Now, nah, give me over. Unless the day, you get a day game lineup. This is the problem. Day game after a night game. And that one went late last night. Maybe a couple guys with days off today. So you may want to check the lineups. But I think the game goes over. All right, time now for our Circus Sports schedule of the day. We are going to go talk about Utah, which has all of a sudden become a sports betting sports Twitter darling. But before we do that, let us first and foremost welcome in a new sponsor to our show here. Footballcontest.com has become an in as the proxy service of choice for us with BVB. So if you guys are looking for a proxy service, footballcontest.com, a bunch of you have DM'd me already saying, Matt, I need a proxy service. All right, go see our boy, Matty Vegas, Matty Simo and the footballcontest.com folks. We will be doing a show from Circa on August 26th for their Circa Million Weekend alongside being brought there by footballcontest.com. They're sending us to Circa. So if you're coming into town, live broadcast coming up on the 26th of August, Dave and I will be at Circa. So we can start telling people that? Yeah. That's done. done. You just told everybody we can actually start telling people that. Yeah. Done Excellent. 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 Contract's not signed, but whatever. He's my friend. So we're good. <laughs> oh. I told him that. I told him today. No, he said today. He said, so, so he asked me, so you start talking about today? I said, yeah. So he said, we'll start talking about today. So, all right, great. He, he, he wants some, some extra love from you and me. So I said, I'll, we'll do our best to send you customers coming in for the Circa Million. He also does the Westgate, does all sorts of things. So like he does the, all the different stuff. So right. Circa Million schedule of the day being brought to you by Circa Million, the Survivor Contest, Pro Football Contest. Six million payout last year. Survivor returns new rules. Just as much money on the table. Circa Survivor, 20 legs during the football season. Players cannot pick the same team twice. $1,000 per entry. Six max. September 10th, 2 p.m. That's your deadline for both the million and the Survivor, by the way. And you must be in Las Vegas. They do not have a Reno location. You can stop asking me that, okay? You cannot sign up for the Circa Contests in Reno. At least not yet. Maybe not in the yet. future, but not yet. Not yet. Who will claim the $1 million prize? Who will be the Circa Survivor? Find out for full contest rules and details. Log on to CircaSports.com. Is it weird or do you find it interesting when gambling Twitter tends to circle around one particular team for a win total bet? Seen this for years. You get concerned by it? Because Utah over nine is a very consistent play right now. Of course. Listen, it's not a lot of original thought in the book. There's <laughs> not a lot of original thought on the gambling Twitter content pages as well. Somebody says it, they go, oh, those guys said it. it must be good. And they talk about it. Not that many people betting it. I can tell you that. Really? No. Oh, okay. How many people are betting Utah season wins over? I think a lot because I think if you're looking at someone who's a dark horse college football playoff team, I think Utah's in the conversation. The Pac-12 stinks and Utah's halfway decent. They went 10 and 4 last year, 8 and 1 the year before. They played well in the bowl game last year, returning a lot of a lot of players. I'm not laughing at you. My daughter's in the chat. She just said do they have a Reno location? Who, Utah or no, Circa? No, Circa. My daughter just, my daughter Kendall, who's eight, just asked, do they have a Reno location after you said, stop asking me oh, okay. if they have a Reno location. 
<laughs> so I'm just glad she's paying attention. Eight-year-old humor. It's great. Constant. We're gonna, just going to needle you. Gosh. 48-45 against Ohio State in the bowl game last year. It was a hell of a game. An unbelievable game for the Rose Bowl. It was a ridiculous game in the awesome. Rose Bowl last year. So here is Utah now. They open up. Total is nine. Juiced mm-hmm. 130 to the over at Circus Sports. At Florida. First game of the year. Damn, son. Damn. That's a hard Utah's game. Favorite, they're favorite on the road. What's the number? Two and a half for three. Ooh, really? Yep. I like uh, Utah week one. I'll make that bet. I'll, I'm taking Utah to beat Florida week one. Especially at two and a half. Neutral? It's at Florida? Yeah. Whew. Utah kids ain't been in that humidity in Florida. Eh. Eh? Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I mean, it's, it it, sound. It's, it's, it's been a couple of days a, since you made that. Sound. It's it, it's a thing, but I'm not I, I'm not I'm not overly overly concerned about the weather for Utah. They recruit a lot of kids, a lot of Polynesian kids, a lot of kids from Hawaii, a lot of kids from. Oh yeah, they ain't afraid of the heat. They just haven't yeah. been in it. Um. All right, we'll count that as a win. I think I think they win that game uh, at home against Southern Utah. Win at home against San Diego State. It's a pause game. I I agree. A twenty but, point favorites. There's no pause. That's three. Okay, but it's it's that's an interesting one. I mean, for a second I paused, but I looked down okay. at the line. I said, though, nineteen. She's ain't losing that game. That'd be okay, a huge at upset. Arizona State. Ooh, come on now. The majority ASU. of those kids from Utah are coming back, right? Yeah. ASU is a straight dumpster fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Four. It's four. <laughs> An absolute, complete, and total dumpster fire. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, the Cameron Rising kid is back for for Utah. The quarterback, Oregon State at home. Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Utah wins that game. Such so a five and zero start at UCLA. Loss. Okay. Home for USC. This is the game. Utah is going to be in the playoff. This I'll say game. win. Ooh. They're at home. I will agree. I'll What's give you the, the date loss. of that game. Was that November? October 15th. Wish it was later in the season. Get them when it's a little cold. I'll say win, but that could flip either way. At Washington State. Win. Home for Arizona. Win. Home for Stanford. Win. On. Yeah. At Oregon. It's going to be a harder game than you think. Yeah. Maybe. Stanford is, I mean, it's they're a different at home, sound. You have two different yeah. sounds. Yeah. And then, mm, what is at that? Oregon. Oh, my. What day, what day is the date of that game? The 19th of November. Wow. Pick them game. Loss. Oregon wins. Mm. Chris has Oregon minus one as the opener. Pick them right now. Wow. Shit. Tough game. I'll say loss. That's that. I'm stuck on nine. At Colorado. For the bet. 
Is that the last game of the season? Yep. Damn, son. That's 10. I guess so. I mean, Buffalo's they probably three and six last year in the Pac-12. They went four and eight overall. They stink. They got a decent coach, but they stink. Ten found and two. Our way to, found our way to ten. I think it's the right number. I think nine's the right number. Nine over. Something, something fluky happens. Something weird happens. Nine and three is very possible. Ten and two is likely. If everything falls right, they're eleven and one. That's why what's, gambling Twitter is all over Utah. What's the bottom? The bottom would be the losses in the road games. If they lost to Florida, lost to Arizona State, lost to USC at home, UCLA on the road, and lost to Oregon. Four is the bottom. That's eight. eight that's and five losses you just counted. That's oh, so yeah. So seven and five is the bottom. Seven. Yeah. So seven and five is the bottom. Everything falls apart for them because they do have some tough road games. I mean, Florida, you're right. Tough game, SEC game. You know that they're, even though the Gators are down, you know, Utah is going to come in with a number next to their name, probably top 15 number next to their name. That's going to get the whole, you know, swamp crowds froth at the mouth. Right. And then, Arizona State stinks, but it's a road game impact in inside the Pac-12. UCLA's a tough game on the road. And then USC at home is really hard. Yeah. And then at Oregon is no cup of tea by any means. I guess, I mean, nine's a nine's a really good number if you want to mm-hmm. use nine and a half. Just see. So eight and a half at, nine is at FanDuel, it's eight and a half minus one sixty-five over. Just move the number to nine. Stop. <laughs> Move the damn number. Seriously. So, yep. Minus. So that's why I use that's why I use nine because it's circus circus our sponsor of the segment right. and it's a more natural number. Right. Eight. I don't think eight and a half is logical. I de- I would bet over before I would bet under. And you know I'm too. always looking to bet under. But I that I just going through that the the USC game, tough one. Like if they if they beat UCLA, I would six and zero going into that USC game. And that's you know what that is that's nationally televised. That's circle that's, schedule. That's a monster football. Oh, game. that's 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 fantastic. Yeah, especially if USC hard place wow. to play. Winning against a good coach has been for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean they that was Ohio State. In the Rose Bowl, <laughs> right? Well, but but I mean, ASU. That was that. That was a big problem for OSU last year. Their defense just was god awful. So they've done major adjustments to that defense this coming season. New yeah, but that was Utah trading blows with Ohio 100%. State. You're right. Nope. I mean, look at look at USC schedule: Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State before they play at Utah. I mean, there's a really good chance they're six and zero, and Utah is six and zero, and that's the game of the year. That's the game of the year in the Pac-12 is USC versus at USC at Utah. Wow. That's, That's going to be a US night game. Just dropped in the chat with Winningham 16 and nine in games with a spread of four or less. Like it. Gators, and that's 66% right there. So week one. I mean, they're physical. They are a physical because they go get a lot of the kids who come back from missions. You got 23-year-old men playing football on the offensive line. Now you've piqued my interest in Utah's odds to win the Pac-12. Let's see what That's the other bet everyone's making because everyone's on USC. So everyone's betting Utah. 
let's see. Conference championships. I'm not fighting against it, but that's right now the Pac-12 numbers. USC is plus 150. Oregon is three to one. It's three to one, plus 300 to win the Pac-12. Utah's plus 225. Where? Uh, Circa. So FanDuel's three plus 300, so you can get a better number at FanDuel. USC and Utah are the same price, plus 225. How about Oregon's that? USC plus, plus, plus wow. 50 at, Pac- at, at uh, FanDuel. Right. Half the price, practically. And then there's no other competitive price. I mean, UCLA is 10 to 1. Yeah, nobody else. No, one of those three teams, really, it's USC, Utah, they're going to win it. Maybe Oregon steals it, but nobody else is logical. Well, see, okay, so that's the other reason why they're betting. If you bet USC now, Mm -hmm. you got the game in Utah, right? Mm -hmm. You bet the the plus money. Will USC be favored going into Utah in that game? It six and zero, oh, six and zero oh at Utah. I don't think so. No, I would be really surprised because of who Utah beat versus Utah's schedule is more difficult than USC's schedule. So right. no, I don't think I don't think USC is favored. The win at Florida will carry a lot of weight into the USC game, and then the week prior they would have beaten UCLA. So they'll have two road wins, three road wins in totality, but at Florida and at UCLA, if Utah wins those two games and they're six and zero, they're a top 10 team. USC most likely is top 10 too at six and zero, but I think Utah would be favored. I think huh. it's minus two and a half and call it a day. I might use USC as a favorite just to see if we can get the bets on Utah. Cause if we make oh. USC the dog, we would get the bets on them right away. So I'd have to hmm. see if we could put it up and let them flip it and go that route. That'd be interesting. That's going to be, well, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be isn't, fun. Isn't it so much more fun talking about football than baseball? Isn't so much more fun? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty excited to watch Herman and Scherzer and all you. Mets enjoy it. Yankees. Enjoy your three, three and a half hour nap. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> that's super fun sports grid thank you guys we appreciate it we're back tomorrow after the pat mcafee show at 11 o'clock you guys on twitter and on youtube don't move more to come with us here for the bostonian versus the book all right props.com story of the day have you seen what our boy spencer's doing no he's hit four nerfies in a row look at this he's going he's going for five today oh boy marlins at reds Marlon Nerfy. No run. Castillo. Like it. Garrett versus Castillo. Yeah. He's now 21 and 14 on this. Spencer is. It's a damn good winning percentage for this Yurfy Nerfy going with Nerfies. Braxton Garrett has not allowed a first inning run in every start this year. Nine. Luis Castillo has not allowed a first inning run in 10 of 13 starts this year. Mm. Garrett has not allowed, uh, has allowed just four hits in one earned run across 12 innings in his last two starts. And Castillo has not allowed more than one earned run in four straight starts after facing the Cubs, Braves, Rays, and Yankees. 
Cubs Marlins are last in Major League Baseball for runs scored in the first inning at 17% of the time. And since in Cincinnati is uh, sorry, 29th, not last, sorry, 29th in baseball. And Cincinnati is 24th. Okay. In run runs being scored in the first okay. inning. What's minus price? 130. That's it. On the Nerfy. Yep. Minus 130 gonna, on the Nerfy. I was going to guess 140 or 145. It, it is at certain books. It's minus 140 at BetMGM and FanDuel, but DraftKings is the market low. Huh. Minus 130. I think you got to bet it. I think you got to ride Spencer's hot streak at the moment. But I don't want to be blamed, Spence. If you're in the chat or you're watching, <laughs> don't put that shit on us that we jinxed you. I'm telling you right now, I like the bet and you win four in a row. You're supposed to just back off and wish you luck. I'm, you know, it's like jumping in on the craps table now. Bear Mullings knows this. You hit three or four points in a row, and a guy sitting behind goes, man, everybody's having fun. I should come in here and bet this right now. He bets a pass line, and seven out, you're gone. That's it. <laughs> I don't want to be accused of that shit, Spence, but I like to play. Yep. You like to play? I like to play. I like it a lot. I should be higher. I mean, at the price, <laughs> it's, it's, it's minus 130. I as we're talking, people are tweeting about this right now. If this nerfy doesn't smack today, there's something going on behind the scenes. Marlins versus Reds bet the nerfy. Did Trent say that? No. <laughs> That's a guy. I don't know who it is. He's a, I, he follows me. I follow him. Oh, people are just, using just funny. smack and this and that. Smack. <laughs> but it's funny. This just popped up. Just as we're talking about this, just boom. God. Throws it up. Oh, throw up bet the nerfy. So there you go. So every day, Spencer's putting out these Yerfie and Nerfie bets, but Nerfie is hitting four, four straight. So he goes for five straight today. Uh, the betprep.com prop of the day, Drew Rasmussen under four and a half Ks at minus 146 today. Fandle's got it. Strikeouts, five or more in just two of his last nine starts on the road, averaging 3.5 Ks in those starts. Two of the last seven. Overall, averaging 3.5 Ks in those starts. He faced the Orioles once this year back in April, got three Ks there at home over the last 30 days. The O's have had 289 playoff appearances against a righty. They've only struck out 17% of the time. That's fourth fewest in Major League Baseball. How do you feel about the under four and a half Ks? Rasmussen might, might not be around long. I only go three or four innings. Is that what he normally goes? It's just, it's. Um, let me see what just normally goes. One time through the order. I mean, generally, that's the Orioles have kind of adopted that with everybody else. Uh, Rasmussen six and three with a three point one three ERA, five six four four one. All right, sorry, five six four four and two thirds, four and a third over the last five. So generally between four, five, six, two, and three over the last five. Innings pitched. No, K's. K's. What what was the numbers? Four. Four, five, six, two, and three over the last five. Under. Has to be under. Makes sense. The play makes sense. Under one is minus one twenty-six. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's that's uh, I would only bet under. I don't want to bet over, even with the plus price. No, not for me. All right. Time now for better to book it. You guys are more than welcome to fade both of my bets from today because, well, baseball betting and me have been oil and water. 
First bet of the day, the Giants have lost six consecutive games. My guy, Logan Webb, is the stopper, Dave. Minus 115 on the Giants today to stop this shit with the Diamondbacks. Win a damn baseball game. Giants, minus 115. Money line. Betting it or booking it. Damn. Can we do it in the first five? You can. Like Giants, Giants bullpen sucks. Five. That's just, this is I. This happened the other night, right? And Friday night in in LA, he pitched great. Then he came out and he's pitched great every start for his last five starts. He's been they, awesome. They've lost two of three, two of the uh, sorry, three of the last five starts. They've lost not because of his. his it's not his fault. He's pitching Correct. really well. Correct. It's the bullpen, and they're not scoring. They don't score at all. That's why I don't want them. Um. I couldn't believe that line yesterday it was so high on a giant. The reason why I like it though is the kid that they're facing, um, Gallon. Yeah. Gallon actually is not that great at home. He's okay. He's 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 two five on the road. He's three six at home ERA. Yeah, but they win when he pitches. Yeah, three of three of five. Eh. He lost. He lost his last start against the Giants a week ago. I'll book this one. So can't take his team going as bad as the Giants minus money right now. Can't do it. As much as I want to take Logan Webb, I think taking them in the first five, yes. Taking them in a game, the way the bullpen is is, is just giving up runs. And like you said, they're not scoring at all. I mean, dead Giants, under. Be, Giants with Logan Webb on the mound against the Diamondbacks won it 13 nothing. The last time they, they faced Last time the Giants played the Diamondbacks with Logan Webb on the mound, they won 13-0. Oh, okay. So I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but Gallon, when he faced against the Giants, lost. Webb, when he faced against D-backs, won right. the last time. So there's the logic. Let's second bet, and I am going to ride the offense for the Blue Jays. Wainwright's ERA is over four on the road. Yeah. I know the ERA at home for Gosman's not great. Yeah. Over eight Jays Cardinals. Bet it. Bet it. This is, this is like, this is one of those. Yeah. We're going over. I saw that Jays this morning and I was like, yeah, this is numbers a little light because it's Gosman at home. But right. this is the, they may score eight themselves. Correct. Jays total over. Cardinals might score a bunch. Game over. Yeah. I like it. That's that's my philosophy that the Cardinals yeah. could. I mean, I know the Jays have been ridiculous on offense right now. I mean, they've just been scoring so many runs and, but the Cardinals equally could get hot and get going. And they, they don't have the one thing is they don't, they don't have Goldschmidt, which is a big loss, obviously for them. But uh, the Jays have scored 10, 8, 4, 28, 4, 6, 8 <laughs> over the last in, in the seven game win streak. Say it slower. Go ahead. 10, yep. 8, 4. Yep. yep. 28, 4, <laughs> 6, 8. <laughs> Who did they score a 28 against? My Boston Red Sox. Man, oh man. 28. Sick. Favorite thing about today is what? So today is uh, July 27th. And. I know you're a couple days away from a big special day in your house, but uh, I just got the text today from Meadowlands Rob. Give me a play today 
uh, it's my birthday. Ooh. And I said, I'll shout you what out. You on stealing my, stealing my, my one. I got, I got a birthday wish too today. Look at that. Well, but that was for Meadowlands Raw, but that wasn't my original best thing about today. Oh. My oldest big kid, Sig Kylie oh. turns 19 today. So July 27th, another Leo for the, for the crew. Good numbers. Those are my numbers. Seven, two, seven. I love it. Twenty seven. I love it. My numbers. You throw a four in there. Twenty seven. Throw a four in there. We're cooking. 2003. My life obviously was changed at three 40 in the morning when she was actually born. Jess and I had spent the whole night there before. Um, But yeah, so big day today at the house. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you know, she lets us take her to dinner. I don't know. She's been in one of those moods <laughs> for a couple days. Well, I don't know. I, I, listen, we got this dog now. The whole thing. No one's allowed to leave the house without checking behind you. No one's allowed to walk with shoes on right now in the house because the dog could get some sort of allergen or something. So I don't know if we're allowed to leave together. But wow, you're you a know, crate yet? We have everything. Oh, then you're fine. Put him in the crate and you're, you're fine. Create the dog and away you go. No worries. Yeah, but these kids have taken like it's an infant. Like they don't always. Well, because it is. Oh. I mean, it's a puppy. I mean, it's, it's it can't fend for itself. We so could yeah. go get Grimaldi's pizza or yeah. something. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. Or Absolutely. sushi. Like Dubsy said, we're going to get something hopefully for dinner out. That's the tradition in the house. Persons whose birthday is gets to pick where we go. Hopefully, Big Kid Sig says, let's go eat. Very cool. I missed one of my good friends' 40th birthday yesterday. So oh, I told no. him, I told him I will give him a big shout out. Uh, you know, AC, Farrah knows AC. Oh, just, just moved from LA to Chicago. Big man. And, and I don't go on Facebook much anymore. So oh. the birthday notifications, that's pretty much I realized that's the only place I ever learn on people's birthdays who I don't talk to every single day. <laughs> and so I told him I would give him a big happy birthday, big 40th. He told me that he went out. What did he tell me? He texted me this morning. He played golf in a scramble. Oh. He then went and drank too much at dinner, but he had a good 40th, he said. So that I believe. Happy birthday to AC. AC. You're, en- you're enjoying their their Chicago. Uh, adventure out there. I, I know it's been the weather in Chicago has been a little interesting. So it's been rainy. Hot. It's been hot. It's been up and down. And it's for those Southern California people, like I, I have a talk about like with our kids, like the, the weather generally is about stable. Like there's not a lot of like, it may be hot or cold, but there's the wind comes up. So sure. But we don't have like dr- dramatic changes all that often with our weather here. In, like here three in days when it goes right. from, summer to winter and then winter to summer and that one week in between that's fall and spring yeah right right so when our kids go away to college and they go to these places that have like monday is 30 degrees tuesday is 75 wednesday is pouring torrential rain thursday is so windy that you can't walk straight like like when these weather when these 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 cities have like dramatic weather shifts I'm like, how are you going to deal with that? And Chicago's had some pretty dramatic weather shifts over the last couple Ooh. of weeks. So it's pretty funny. So I'm like, how's that Southern California body handling the <laughs> handling Chicago? The winter's coming. Game of Thrones well, moment. He at winter. least grew up in it. Correct. In Nebraska. Right. I'm thinking Christy, of the his wife. wife. His wife is not. <laughs> his wife is. That's a hard and she was change. Posting, 
She posted a, a a video the other day of the torrential downpour in Chicago, and she oh. was like, "What is this?" <laughs> I was like, oh, "Rain, <laughs> like a lot of it, but like torrential rain, like yeah, 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 great sheets of rain coming yeah. through." I was like, "Yep, that's going to be it's an interesting Wednesday." <laughs> and when that Wednesday is in December, that's snow. That's not Ooh. rain. <laughs> and that's Ooh, called that's a, a blizzard. That's, that's a blizzard. Cold. Yeah, that ain't no good. <laughs> that's a foot and a half of snow waiting for you when you come out in the morning. Well, maybe so. they'll have a dome in a couple of years to cover up that. Uh, they they want to do it, right? They're, they're after it. They're looking after it for sure with Soldier Field. Do it, Chicago. Dome. So happy birthday, AC. We're back tomorrow. Same place. Hit the like button. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Like this and subscribe to our YouTube channel. He is Dave. I'm Matt. Back on a Thursday for the best Bastoni versus the book.